All right, welcome to Make My Day podcast. I'm Luke Capriti, and man, today I want you guys to make my day. It's a you know pandemic out here, so George, why don't you start us off? How you doing today? Doing pretty good, man. I've been exhausted. Uh, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I've got a brand new pup that uh, sleeps all throughout the day and does not at night, and I'm on night duty. And I think last night I slept at 4 a.m. luckily for like two hours. So, so I'm a little rough, but, you know, hanging in there. And I'm excited for uh, catching up with you guys today. Got a whole bunch of updates. How about you, Winston? How you been, buddy? Uh, I've been doing all right. Uh, staying busy, as busy as I can in the garage and uh, in my little editing cave. So, so far, so good. Nice, man. Nice. George, after this call, um, I'm going to have to get you talking to my wife. She's got puppy <laughs> fever right now. Everybody so. does. So so after I adopted that puppy, I think, so one of my good friends, Steve from work, like he just adopted his, pu- adopted his puppy yesterday. And a whole bunch of other my friends in a, in a group text are like, oh man, I tried, but my wife didn't want to. And I'm afraid I'm going to have to take care of the dog the entire time. But it's, it's a great time to do it. I mean, uh, we were already planning to get one. So it made a lot of sense for us. I know a lot of people are really concerned about all the people who are like, oh, yeah, like we're, we're coming, working from home. We could finally get a puppy. And everybody's like, you're going to go back to work one day. But it, it was always our plan. And now it kind of worked out because I was planning to telework uh, when that happened. And now I'm just forced to do it anyways and, and can actually put in the time for, for getting little Ruby up to speed and trained up and everything like that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because we were thinking the same thing. Like, oh, well, over the summer as teachers, we get a couple months break. Exactly. And we're like, yeah. now it's even more, you know, it's extended. So why not do it now? And we have a really long time to train it and just hang out with it. And, and then you get um, yourself a shop dog. I mean, you can't beat that, man. It, I, I missed having a shop dog so bad. She's already in there running around, like messing with things she probably shouldn't be messing with a little bit. But like, she like likes to be in there. That's all I care about. So you, yeah, it's Definitely go for it, 100%. All right, sounds good. 100% miss having a, a shop dog in there for sure. Yeah, a little buddy. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been, Luke? How, how's life been for you? Um, To be honest, pretty stressful with uh, schoolwork, trying to keep up with the kids. Um, they're, they're so stressed, and I think that's almost relaying onto me, or maybe it's the opposite of that. Um, they tell me all the time they have more work now being out of school. And um, my wife's even hearing the same thing from uh, her kids in her school as well. So um, I'm trying to find a good balance for them. Like, you know, what what is enough work to keep them busy and somewhat distracted, but not too stressed or overwhelmed. Um, and also then selfishly for me, I don't want to be grading all the time. I want some time to myself to decompress. So um, right now I'm kind of trying to find a good balance. I got out into the shop though earlier today so that was that was nice for me i could kind of just zone out and um be in my own little world so oh, um i'm feeling pretty good right now talking to you guys but yeah <laughs> earlier today i was a little stressed so how how that product go that you gave them so what was it called the the um rube goldberg yeah the, so i didn't actually know what that was last week and i planned to look it up i didn't look it up and then i turned on the news and on the news was like it was on the news for somebody doing it and i was like oh crap look at that that's exactly what luke was talking about and it's awesome absolutely awesome so how'd that go with all of them um the first couple that were submitted i was very disappointed Um, (laughs) (laughs) i'll be honest but um as i gave them more feedback and suggestions and they started understanding what i was looking for 
I was really impressed. Like there were some that I could send you guys and I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is what I was looking for. They would get maybe their brothers, sisters, or you know, family members involved. And that's where it became a lot more complex. Um, but yeah, um, the start was a little shaky, but they, they finished strong. And I was, I was really happy with it. So nice. yeah. Did anybody use like a ceiling fan to like hit it and keep it moving? I would love to see that. Like it just like launch into the air, hit a ceiling fan, continue around. Extreme. So nothing like that. Um, I had one kid who used his like foosball table. Oh, so cool. he like made a pulley where um, I think like a marble or something like that dropped into the cup. That then like spun the player, which shot a ball and hit something. I was Whoa. Like, Whoa. That was awesome. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, Insane. he did a really good job. Um, I had a, yeah, I'm trying to think of some other ones that were just like far out or unique. One girl had like this rainbow spiral staircase thing where the ball bounced down it. Um, that one was kind of funky. It was artistic. I could send <laughs> you guys that one because that was well planned out. She even showed me all the simple machines she used. Um, like she did like a second take saying, here the ball will hit a lever and then move down to a pulley or, you know, a good, good explanation. And so I was really impressed with that one. But yeah, some of the kids got creative with it. That's so awesome, that's good. man. That's, yeah. that's absolutely awesome. Yeah. Very, very cool. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's been it's been busy on my end beyond belief at this point. So I'm still working from home, like insane. So so I'm not getting sleep with a new pup, and that was expected. So I wake up and I'm, I'm going through work, and by the time I finish work, my brain is fried. But I'm like, gotta get in the shop, gotta get something done, and. I don't know what happened. I remember this happened around Christmas time. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, everybody's trying to get gifts for their family members. Um, one day this week, I think on Monday, I had like three dartboard orders. So I normally get, I'd say maybe like one, um, one a week, maybe two a week. But it was like, it was three within like 10 minutes. And I, I did pay for like a dollar for the advertising to try and get it out there. So I was like, crap, that's working really well. But then I was like, oh crap, I don't have any supplies for these dartboards. So I have spare wood in my garage and I, I was using, and I looked and I could make it all work out. But I did not realize, so Amazon shifted their shipping policies now. So um the only thing that has like two days shipping or anything going fast are like food and absolute necessities. And for some reason, they don't count dartboards as a necessity. Okay, <laughs> I don't really, you know, they're missing out. So, so everything on there was like it'll be delivered by like end of April. And I'm like, oh crap, my dartboards are supposed to go out by like a week from today. So, you know, I this has been the first time that I've had to go through and like hunt for supplies. I was able to find Walmart um, had a whole bunch of them. Uh, but for my dartboards, I actually provide the darts and their dartboards don't come with the darts in the package. So I'm like, all right, now I got to find shipping for the darts. And that wasn't available at Walmart or Amazon. And it's just been this constant loop. And, you know, it makes me realize I'm lucky that this is a side hustle because if that was my full business and I had to do this with all of my products, like uh, the stain and the wood, I have enough for whatever orders might come in, I hope. But if I was like seriously chunking this out every day, I'd be in trouble for sure. You know, I, I want to know how to get all the supplies I need for everything going on. It's and it, it just like woke me up. I was like, I, I was like, all right, I got to run out and get these supplies today because I, I don't want to lose these three customers. One of them was somebody really awesome who wanted like a custom like giant one. And I was like, listen, uh, you know, this is this is going to be great. But I, I got to let you know, 
once you go above the size that I provide, I put it at that size for a reason. The second you go one inch above it, the price skyrockets. So hers is going to be shipping for like $250 to $300. And I was like, I know it's probably not worth it anymore, but let me know. She's like, oh, don't worry. In fact, I'm going to send you the shipping label. I don't know if she has like a deal with it or something, but she's sending me the shipping label. I'm building this giant dartboard and sending it over to her. So I was shocked. Absolutely. I was, I was like really excited though because I've been meaning, I've been really wanting to build a bigger dartboard. So it's pretty cool, but it's funny what comes out of the woodwork with like oh, yeah. everything going on. I was like pretty surprised. People already spent some money and, and I appreciate it because it is supporting small business in a way too. So very, yeah. very interesting I, shift. <laughs> I feel it's, like people are probably looking for indoor activities and you know, throwing darts is definitely one of them. I think so. so and then yeah. also alcohol is, um, you know, those sales are skyrocketing. So yeah, I mean, I just ordered a darts. whole case of it yesterday. <laughs> um, we were so, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You might have a lot more orders coming down the line, George. <laughs> I, I I appreciate all the orders, but I, I need to plan for it now. I'm, I'm going to start ordering. I, I always have one dartboard as a spare because if I want a quick turnaround or something like that. Um, but maybe I got to get like six or seven, maybe even more. I, I don't even know if, it, if it's the lead time so, like a whole month. So, yeah, talking about kind of like having a little bit of an inventory... Winston, I saw maybe a few days ago you had a uh, something on your story about oh no, McMaster's website is down. Like, I don't know if these are the right words, but the apocalypse must be coming because um, McMaster's enough. never down. Similar sentiment. I mean, it's yeah. one of those like businesses that you don't realize how how much you count on them until you're like you go to make an order and then you can't, and it's like mm-hmm. oh no, I'm short like these very specific things. How am I going to replace them? So yeah. So I guess that kind of leads in, yeah, right? They were down for a little bit. um, The site wasn't loading. So like it would show like the first half of the page would load and the second half just like the raw materials and the other product categories just would not populate. (laughs) So so speaking of that, how much of an inventory do you guys hold um, or do you have on hand? Is there like only certain things that you have a bunch of? And then, you know, per project, you'll then order things. Um, and even during the project, do you always order extra or do you try to go for, um, you know, I'm going to use every little scrap on there and not leave any waste? I know I'm kind of on that end of it where I will, you know, really go all out and try to fit everything onto one sheet of plywood um, for that project or something. But what, do, what about you guys? So... The majority of what I have is just like leftovers from other projects. So like if I go to Home Depot and I need to buy like three two by fours, I'll get a fourth one just in case and I'll stash that in the corner. Um, For other projects, like if I'm buying some aluminum or some plastic, I'll just like, I'll buy something slightly oversized. And so I've just got a lot of little bits of scrap in my garage, which is good and bad because a lot of my projects are small. So I can really just quickly grab a small piece, cut out what I need, because it, it's all on the CNC. It's super precise. And so however big my project is, that's basically exactly how much material I need. So I can be very efficient in that sense. But it also means that like right now, when I'm looking at a prolonged period at home, that I might not necessarily have enough material to like let me keep doing projects for a long period of time, or I don't have enough... like. If I were like you, George, and I had 
the Maslow. Like, I would probably have a spare 4x8 sheet of plywood laying around. Of course. I don't have anything (laughs) of that size. So when I'm planning my projects right now, I'm thinking small. I'm thinking, like, what's something I can knock out in a day with the limited materials I have? And so I've got to, like, sort of focus my creativity on, like, desktop things or, like, little trinkets, one-day projects, and things like that. Um, I have to scale back my ambitions because I have a lot of long-term projects that would require much bigger sheets of material or stock that I don't have here but is in uh, my shop at work. So, I don't know. It's it's forced me to um, sort of pare back my project list, pick and choose which ones I can do right now, and save the rest for later. What about like supplies that keep your machine? So, so again, everybody has a different take and interesting uh, perspective. Uh, so you have machines you have to keep running to get your projects done, right? Um, mm-hmm. Are there a lot of maintenance supplies you have to keep on stock? And, and you probably use less of those, I'm assuming, but how, how does that work out? Um, so in terms of like end mills and cutters, I've got plenty yeah, of exactly. those just because um, I have just bought an extra end mill every single time I need to buy a new one. Plus, I take some back from work. Nice. Um, so from a cutter perspective, I'm pretty much set for like years. Uh, from a consumables on the machine perspective, um, I think I have one set of spare belts if anything snaps. Um, I have plenty of V-wheels. Um, so in terms of like the machine being up and running, I should be all right. And I've got two machines at home, so I can actually pull parts from one, nice. move it to the other, yeah. or just switch to the other machine if something terrible should happen. Um, so in that sense, well, I actually also have a third CNC, uh, but that one wouldn't help. <laughs> of course you do. Because <laughs> it's, it's a different company's machine. Um, but I have, I have redundancy in my garage. So on that front, nice. I should be all right. I mean, that's smart. And, and I got pretty lucky, just like you mentioned, I got the Maslow. Um, but I got pretty lucky because right before all this went down, um, I was doing that new attic ladder um, and I wanted to lay down floors, uh, so, some panels of wood for flooring in my attic. So I ended up running a truck from Home Depot and getting uh, enough, more than enough wood for the floor. So I have some spare sheets of that. And then I was like, you know, what? I'm here anyways. Let me just get a whole bunch of four by eight sheets and just load them up in the garage. So I, I got lucky because that's what I'm using for the dartboard orders. I was going to use it for the Maslow. I probably still have one for the Maslow uh, that I can use, but I might just save it as a spare um, uh, at the moment. But that that really kind of worked out for me um, in that sense. But now I'm getting to the point where, um, so I don't focus on one different area for a lot of projects. So me and my wife have been doing um, these masks to kind of donate uh, to help with, with COVID-19 and and. We're just supplying them to hospitals that are in need for people with high risk. And, um, you know, we got the design, the 3D printed design, and we're printing a whole bunch of those. I was not utilizing my 3D printer anywhere close to the amount. It's been nonstop. I, the only reason I've stopped announced for this podcast at this point, but it's been about uh, 10 days straight just chunking out 3D printed masks. So my filament, the spools of filament that I have is, is quickly dwindling down. And um, that I had to order a whole bunch of from Amazon because that's something I don't pre- prepare for. You know, I, I, as a small business, you, you sometimes can't put all the money into having just stock ready for whatever order it is. That's just one of the challenges. And, and thank God for Amazon normally and the two-day shipping and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, but now it gets, it gets a little tougher. I mean, 
the amount of times I've actually thought of, okay, I could put on a mask and gloves and I'll, I'll go, go to Lowe's and take a little bit of risk to get the wood to get the job done. It's, it's not the mentality I want to have, but it, it's crossed my mind because if I got to get it, you know, the stuff out with all the time done, I don't want to lose um, or, or decline with my, my uh, side business going, you know. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of thought going with that, and 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 with those with those those masks we're developing. Um, I mean, Winston, you're you're making some also, and you. It's so funny. So we we ordered one elastic one spool of elastic band for these masks that we're going to be putting out there, and you messaged me and you're like, hey, like where'd you get your elastic band from? I was it's also I was like, what are you talking about? Like we had no problem. It was like literally the day after that you told me that, and I go back and they're all sold out. So I'm guessing a whole bunch of people, which is uh, I'm happy to hear, started jumping on this train of, you know, you're not using a 3D printer, print a whole bunch or whatever you can to make masks help out. But all the all these spools of elastic band have just been selling out because everybody's helping, and spools of filament printer are are, are selling out, and all these things because everybody's kind of helping. So that does actually affect some side businesses in a way who might. 3d print more often and stuff like that as well it's 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 really crazy the more we go into this and the more we do different things how much we realize we're actually affected um by this type of by COVID 19 it's getting getting pretty crazy definitely getting pretty crazy yeah yeah i agree the uh impact that we've seen like you're saying on side hustles but then everything else it's just it's this like um what's that a snowball effect you know it, it changes one thing which then is going to affect the next and then the next and it becomes this huge problem that you start to see how every sector and like business is interconnected um, you know you can't I, I think somebody today um, on my feeds posted something about sanitation workers even it's like I don't even think of that you know being from the U.S. that's such a second nature thing that trash will come recycling will come um, but you know if they're not there then a lot of things will start to um, be affected that we need we need it more than ever now too that all the disinfecting that goes into every single store um, I so I don't know if you guys saw my story last night of how I got messed up at Home Depot having to cut everything in the parking lot because I got there at like 530 grabbed all my materials and they even close early now which I didn't recognize um, so yeah I was like oh man I can't even have them cut this stuff for me I now have to deal with it because they have a crew that went in at six o'clock to just, I guess, spray things down or oh, disinfect. Wow. Yeah, so they're closing early just to disinfect for the next day. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just, I've been surprised um, a couple of times now of how, whoa, this is, this is a real thing and um, you know, it's just affecting everything you do. So you were in Home Depot parking lot and what, you pulled out, you luckily had your circus on the truck or something? I brought it because uh, something like that has happened to me before. Um, so I try to go there prepared. But yeah, it was necessary at that time for me because my car is just nowhere near big enough to yeah. put a four by eight sheet of plywood in there. So I was going to have them cut it down, but it was like 545 by the time I finally got the sheets of plywood and I still had other things to pick up. So uh, I just, I had what, like four or five sheets. So there was no way that they would be able to do it. Um, so I just like, you know what, I'll do it in the parking lot, but I don't have enough batteries to cut all that stuff. So it became a mess, <laughs> oh, um, just to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and making the straight cuts in the park. I, I can't even imagine. That's, 
That's crazy, I, I did, man. I did pretty good with the nice. straight cuts. Uh, um, I'm finishing or trying to finish up this cabinet thing for my friend's mom. Um, she needs some storage space. So um, we'll see how well I cut everything. But I think I did okay. Well, so 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 you're back into making stuff, that means, right? This is like the first time I'm hearing that you're making something for somebody else in your Someone new house. Else. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. I think this is the first thing I'm making for somebody else. It's nothing exciting. They even said that. They were like, we don't need anything special. <laughs> it It's a box with doors, but they have too many toys. And I guess maybe with the whole quarantine thing, um, they're starting to realize that they need to have some organization. So they need um, to put all these toys that they have and um, a couple other supplies into a big box that they can put in the corner. So they gave me some dimensions and said, just, you know, make it work. So nice. that that's, yeah, that's the first thing I'm doing. Um, and then I'm making something for our house with some of the other sheets of plywood that I bought or MDF, not plywood. So awesome. So, so where, where are you working from in your house? You got your garage set up as a workshop or yeah. Um, I'm actually planning on taking a picture because I have uh, small workshop problems right now <laughs> with trying to find the space. But I'm just trying to get like a feel for it and I'm starting to see how I'll have to be more um, efficient and maybe like modular with tables or sawhorses or something so that I can find space in the shop as I need to do different tasks. Just see what I did. Just knock down a wall into your house, all right? <laughs> your wife won't mind as much. I probably <laughs> Works out so real well. <laughs> the previous owners, they did the opposite. They had a full, um, like a single car garage, but it was an extra deep one and they cut it in half so now it's like a three-quarter or half size garage and um i figured i would be able to make it work because i like to move stuff outside into the driveway and work mm -hmm. so there's less dust and all that in the garage yeah and um i'm noticing though just the way things are going and how we have some stuff still to like find spaces to store it the garage is um has to be organized so I don't know if I'll be knocking it down, but I'm probably going to t tear off the plywood and sheetrock walls. They have um, both of that up there, and I might just go down to the the studs, and that might be able to help me even find some space to um, store things. Well, that, that's I mean that's exactly what happened with with mine, right? So mm -hmm. so it was a garage that they turned into a bedroom because they had six kids, and we were planning to keep it, and I was bringing everything out onto the driveway. And it would take me an entire hour to set up all the sh all the machines, and an entire hour to clean up, and that was after work, right? So, Ooh. so I get home from work four thirty, uh, five thirty, get to start cutting stuff. Actually, I get home by five, so six, I start cutting stuff. I like to be quiet by like eight thirty. I was getting nothing done, absolutely nothing. So, so got you know my, my wife was great and let me knock down the entire wall, and I got the full shop out of it. Thank God. But yeah, it's 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 a game changer, man. It's, it's really yeah. a game changer. I, I'm seeing how spoiled I was in our last house having a two gar two car garage and it was even one that had like a little bump out for where you could put um, your trash cans and um, uh, extra stuff. Oh nice. So yeah. I was able to spread out like crazy and I learned zero organization um, with that. So now I'm, I'm the complete opposite. I have way less space than I'm used to but um, you know, by a huge factor. And then I need to um, start just learning those tips, like where can I put um, different tools? How can I stack them? Um, and then even material. So it'll be a, um, a sharp learning curve, hopefully. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
So Winston, how have these live sessions been going? Because I just saw you posted one, and I need to figure out a way to log into it and watch it. Because you're you're doing one on uh, making the branding iron or something like that. So how, how's it going? Tell tell us. So it's been going pretty well. Um, just before we got uh, quarantined in Los Angeles, my boss told me, "Hey, you should be prepared to like host a live stream or just something because more and more people are going to be home." So. This is the perfect time to engage them, to teach them something. Um, so I just I started putting together like a, like a Q&A session or like, hey, we're going to learn about X, Y, or Z this time. Uh, so this will be the third session, and uh, we're going to be talking about how I designed and made toolpaths for a, a fairly simple brass branding iron. Um, that's going to be on Friday. Um, it'll probably already be out by the time that this podcast goes live. Um, but it's, it's about an hour long. It'll be on youtube.com slash carbide3d slash live. And if you miss it, you can just go to the channel page and there's a playlist. If you scroll down a little bit where we keep all the office hours episodes. And so it's really just been an outlet for me to do something simple and then sort of teach it in a less formal setting. Cause the way I usually do my videos is, uh, it's very structured. I'll have a whole script out and uh, I'll prepare exactly what I want to say and I'll try and compress all that knowledge down into as short a time frame as possible. And the live stream is just something different. Like, I knocked out the project yesterday. Um, I don't have a video done, but I'm going to be able to talk through it tomorrow. Um, how long do they normally so, go on for? Like, what, how long do you normally talk? And is there Q&A at the end? How does that work out? There's there's usually a Q&A. Uh, the first time we did it, it was a little unstructured because I really wasn't sure going into it. It was just literally going to be come with any questions you have and I'll just answer them on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that's a little bit chaotic because then people start asking about things in like Carbide Create or Fusion 360 <laughs> or like where do you get your files, where do you get feeds and speeds. And so I was just jumping Create. around. <laughs> yeah, I was just jump, jumping around between programs. And so the next time we were like, all right, here is the, the lesson plan. This is what we're going to focus on. And I think moving forward, that's a better way to do it. And then we'll just tack on a Q&A at the end. Very cool. So I hope yeah. I could tune in, man. I really... You know, I've been wanting to make my own branding iron with uh, the logo on it. I have, I have two different logos because I'm spoiled and, and want as much <laughs> attention as possible. So I'm, I'm going to try and then log in and check it out. It, sound, it sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, it, it should be pretty good. Um, it, we finally got some of the, the other uh, staff members at Carbide3D to log in and field some of the simpler questions in the chat. Oh, nice. So that takes some of the burden off me eventually we'll get this into like a like a well-oiled machine uh but for now i'm still still just trying to figure out how to do the the live stream thing and uh, making sure i don't miss too many questions and uh, i can just stay engaged with the audience it's a lot better when you have a co-host yeah i, mean, I imagine it's pretty hard me and michelle just tried an instagram live thing the other day to, to talk about the mask we're doing and we didn't reply to one comment and we saw one person at the end who's like oh show us the puppy and we showed them the puppy but up to that point we just like <laughs> were like talking and we like it was way too hard to talk and, and show things and then look at the comments because they're flowing so fast and it shows you when people join it, it, it was it was so complicated so i give you a lot of credit for being able to do that it's, it's pretty pretty tough yeah instagram's extra tough too because um at the very least like i've got someone else who could be answering like a critical question and like they'll just say like hey like 
like go back to this question and make sure you don't miss it. Uh, so I do sort of have like the voice in the back of my head. I wish I had like the the FBI earpiece and I could just <laughs> type in questions to me. Uh, that would make it a lot easier. Um, but there's a little less pressure on me knowing there's a second set of eyeballs in the comments. And when you're working from a phone, like it's really hard to read. It's really hard to have someone else like sort of like at a control station monitoring everything for you. Oh yeah, completely. Um, but hundred percent. It's all good. <laughs> um, George, after this, I'm going to need to send you a link. Uh, Rowan University has a similar 3D printed face mask. Uh, might be worth taking a look and seeing if you can compare uh, some of the design things. It's pretty subtle. It looks very similar, um, but worth looking into, I think. I'll take a look. Um, I actually have some intel, and it'll probably be you know, relatively public by the time this podcast comes out, but um, uh, they're they're coming out with um, an actual. Finally, they're coming out with a approved 3D printed mask. So all of them up to this point have been, you know, we're doing the best we can. Everybody's putting out these masks, but um, and all the there's been some face shield designs that have been approved, right? Because because um, you know we've been doing a lot of um, research on this, and and the whole idea is that um, COVID nineteen particles don't actually. Um, they're airborne, but they don't stay in the air. They don't float. They actually drop to the floor. So there's a much bigger concern if your mask isn't airtight um, and it gets inside and now it's trapped inside your mask uh, versus if you had nothing on, it might have just fallen to the floor and not actually um, been an issue for you. So um, it's really a lot of education with what's going on with everything. So with the masks we're sending out, there's an actually, there's a 3M filtrate approved test that they do um for um um and sorry not filtry but just the 3m normal masks um there's an approved test very simple obviously you cover the filter you blow and and you suck in and you see if it's you know if it both pressurizes and if any air comes in when you when you suck in um and and that's that's how you know if it's airtight at that point right so um uh we've been designing to we're not really designing but we're printing different sizes um, we have two different sizes, one that fits my face well, and it was too big for Michelle's. Um, so one that fits hers and we're sending out to people and saying, if the, you don't pass this test, then don't wear it. It might actually be more uh, of a risk to you. And, and we're putting all these disclaimers that, Hey, this is really based on our own research. This is why we're donating. We're just really trying to help, um, in the case of you not being able to get anything else. Um, and, and, and we hope this really helps. So, so I'll, I'll definitely take a look. I've been, um, it's probably another reason why I'm exhausted because along with work and all the, the printing, uh, the, the making, um, I've been in all these communities now and I'm, I'm telling them what I'm hearing from other people and learning a lot from other people. And it's it's amazing. Um, the whole reason I actually post this stuff on Instagram is to get other makers on board. It's not to, um, we're not going to be saving everybody with what the 20 masks we created. It, it helps, but you know the power really comes from the community at this point of, does everybody with a printer actually put out one of these masks? And that was the goal. We go on Instagram and try to get as many people involved as possible. Um, and it's been amazing. I've had um, at least 10 makers who've reached out to me and they're saying they're printing also and they're asking for tips with things that I've been facing through. And that's enough for me because I know that they're posting on their Instagram. And if this just keeps cycling through, it, it's helpful, right? It, it helps and it starts to to grow like a snowball, like you were saying, Luke. And, and um, you know, we're, we're really happy about that. So, so uh, I'll definitely ch take a look at that. Um, there's, you know, w one more thing on this, but there's one person who created, and I think it's amazing. 
um, he created a form out of a 3D printed, uh, so, so he like inversed the mask and created a form for it and filled it with silicon. And now it's a completely flexible mask that is way more efficient, way more expensive at the same time. So it doesn't work for somebody like me, but it's another solution where if you can actually get your hands on a lot of silicon and fill up these forms, you could, you could pop these out in 20 minutes each or something like that. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, so it's, it's great seeing the community come together for, for something like this, you know, not just making for fun anymore, making for a side business, but, you know, making to really help a bigger cause. It, it, it's been, been a lot of fun for sure. Well, yeah, you're touching on a cool subject is that, um, as this whole like maker community grows, right? Because, um, it seems like making, whether it be 3d printing, um, CNC work, laser cutters, um, they become the desktop size or the garage size ones. Um, more and more people can have them and you're starting to decentralize manufacturing, which is what, you know, Ubers and other, you know, huge companies now have done. And it's, you know, the American way or the American manufacturing that we saw in, say, World War II was um, the large factories and whatnot. But now it's kind of like, hey, you know, we're able to do this in our garage, our backyard or our bedroom, and we can produce this stuff if this is something that, you know, we need. Um, I hope it would never come to something like during a wartime, but something like this where we're able to help our local hospital. Um, it's kind of cool to see that that you could have, um, you know, George, you and your wife making even 20 masks. But if everybody in your neighborhood was making 20 masks, how many masks would that be? And if every neighborhood now was doing that same thing, um, I mean, it's even getting out to say my sister, she's not a maker um, in the sense that we're active on Instagram, she can paint and stuff, but she saw posts similar to yours and she sent it to me to say, hey, do you still have your printer? Um, so it's not even just within the makerspace, it has now gone outside of that. And it might make people kind of aware of, you know, 3D printers aren't just there as a cool toy. Um, they do have a purpose or there's a practicality behind them. Um, so it's, there's a small silver lining in this whole um, pandemic. But yeah, it's, um, it's cool to see you and a bunch of the other makers, Winston, if you're doing it too, um, you know, hats off to you guys for um, helping out. Yeah, now I never have to buy another mask again. Once this is all over for woodworking, I got my reusable one and all the filters I need. So, you know, save some costs at the end of the day as well. I mean, it's it's pretty. And hey, I mean, for anybody out there, it'd probably be a pretty good business because I've had way too many people wanting to buy them and we're not selling uh, even one. And they're all don being donated. But the amount of people that want to buy them is is like, it's like shocking. And they, they're forceful when I tell them, no, it's donation and you know, your family member's high risk, so we'll send you at least one for the high risk person for now. They're like, no, no, how much can I send you? I'm like, no, no thank you. Really. So it's it's really it's really an amazing thing at, at the end of the day, um, for sure. Yeah. So I want, you know, we want to kind of talk, and, and we talked a little bit about it, but we haven't really gone uh, full spectrum into, you know, we're, we're all at home, you know, we're all quarantined, and... We've all had this idea of, oh, you know, if I could just work from home every day for, for even the rest of my life, this is, you know, I'd get this much more done and I do this kind of thing. So, so, you know, why don't we start with you, Winston? What, what haven't you been getting done with, with all of this free time and, and, uh, you know, what you expected you would do if you got to work from home every day for a long period of time? So. Uh, what I've not been doing is something you guys have actually spoken about several times now, 
is organization. Um, my shop is is kind of just a, a mess. Um, when I moved in, I never fully unpacked. I still had some Home Depot cardboard boxes laying around filled with like power strips and uh, just random tools that I didn't need at the time. So they just stayed in a box and I threw that box on a shelf. Um, so there's a lot of things on my workbench that just doesn't have a home. And it was um, uh, sort of a philosophy that I think Adam Savage said, like every tool at the end of the day, like given infinite time, if you could put everything away, if it doesn't have a permanent home, it is clutter. And there are so many things where if you said like, you don't have to work on a project right now, just clean everything up. I would look at half the things on my workbench and be like, that's, that's where they live permanently. Like they don't have a home <laughs> and that's not good. Um, so I've, I've like, that was sort of my new year's resolution to clean up my act, to like have a drawer somewhere or just a, even a box under my workbench where I could just put things away to get them off my workbench. Uh, just so I could clean it up, have a blank slate before I start a new project. It never happened. Um, today I took sort of the first steps. I moved my CNC under my workbench because um, it's like it can go anywhere basically um, and like I'll just string up some LED lights under there or something um, but I also have lots of materials like things that are maybe between two to three feet long I don't have like a plywood storage rack or a lumber rack um, so these things I sort of just I pile them up wherever there's room and my workbench is about two two and a half feet deep so I just I put all these boards and like aluminum rods and plastic panels just off on one side of the workbench and that's where they live and uh it's it's really annoying because like some of them stick out from the workbench just a little bit too much and i gotta like walk around them and stuff so i don't know i need to revamp where i store my tools and also how i organize my materials um so those are two things that hopefully i'll get to <laughs> in this pandemic but some of that stuff requires like going to home depot getting some more lumber and building an actual rack or a shelf for it um figuring out where to put it i have a hunch of where i might um stash these things but right now it's just vague notions in my head i, I really need to double down on this and just look at everything and say all right this is going to go over there this is going to go in that drawer i just haven't done that yet um what about you guys? Is there anything that you guys have been putting off, telling yourself that you would do and just not doing it? You want to go, George, or you want me to go? Why don't you go, Luke? Let's hear what you got. <laughs> um, I didn't want to sound like a broken record because my number one thing is shop organization. Um, but it's almost identical to what Winston said about I need somewhere where to store material. I also want to take that maybe a step further that I need to figure out what is the minimum size that I want to hold on to that is considered scrap wood that has a purpose. Um, I used to hold on to anything and I'm talking, you know, maybe four square inches, you know, like a two by two piece. I would say, oh, I think I could use that for, <laughs> you know, something out there. But um, I, I think I've gotten away from that. Um, and then I think for me, since this is, um, my first project in the workshop since we've moved in. 
um, I'm starting to see that where I currently laid out my tools, I need to um, like reposition things. So I, I do want to do again a similar thing that Winston said is come up with an efficient layout for the shop. Um, but to get away from that, since we kind of touched on it, for me um, with the craft fairs, I do want to get back into them if we were to you know have craft fairs soon enough. I'm talking like in the fall. But I want to have almost like a design or a catalog of the different products that I like to make. That's and, a great um, idea. <laughs> yeah, I love and that. And that I would want to make. <laughs> yeah. Um, and once I have that, I can then create my plans. And I think we talked about this maybe in the second episode or something about how you could monetize plans. Um, I don't want to necessarily do it for that, but I do want to have it for myself to say, hey, somebody... Um, placed a custom order for this cutting board or um, you know they want certain shelves or something like that and now I know exactly how much material I need and um, I can you know bang them out a little bit quicker so I think that would be really cool it also would kind of go onto my website so like those are my three things shop organization creating a product catalog and um you know, improving my website. My website is trash right now, and that's being nice about it. So I uh, I definitely want to work on those three things before we go back to normal life. That's awesome. What about you, George? <laughs> so, so well, first I got one recommendation. Uh, you know, we're 100% not sponsored here right now. So, so this, I, I, I always, I actually really like Wood Magazines and to see what all of them have. This is Woodsmith's um, magazine. This one's a specific edition from the editors, and it's called The Complete Small uh, Shop. The Complete Small Shop. And it has some of the best little do-it-yourself plans for organization uh, for somebody with a small shop. So everything in here is about space saving. Um, um, they even have one picture I thought was pretty cool where they actually didn't finish their ceiling, so they didn't have drywall. And they used um, in between the studs as wood storage. And I was like, man, if I didn't have a finished uh, garage, that actually would have been pretty genius. So I, I would actually recommend you guys to check this out because I'm actually um, in the same boat as, as obviously everybody. Um, you know, my, my shop is 100% not organized. I, I want to organize it, but that's like the last thing on my list, to be honest, because I just want to get everything done. And at least I know where everything is. And uh, I've, I'm just I'm just a mess. But that's that's fine. Well, that's either. But um. So uh, along with that, Luke, you, you just mentioned the plans thing. And mm -hmm. um, I've always said this to myself and finally I just did it. So I'm making um, a, kind of like a more modern um, dog bowl holder for the new pup. And I made plans for it first, spent an hour. It only took me an hour because it's very simple, right? It's just a block and, uh, you know, you have all these images to guide you. And I cut all the wood and attached everything in under an hour. It was insane. So I had all the circles cut for the balls, had all the, the, the um, different rectangles and squares, everything cut and attached in under an hour because I had the plans, didn't have to think when I was in the shop for once. Um, there was one measurement that was wrong, was able to fix it in a quick second, went back. I mean, having, a, having plans, it just changes and makes you produce things so much faster. And I really believe in that. And I need to just focus myself on on doing doing those plans because i honestly think it's faster every time making the plans plus the cuts i think it's faster every time so um highly highly recommend that um, i would agree with you too because um with this cabinet or box thing that i'm making for my friend's mom um i made 
close to plans. I had, you know, the door sizes that I needed to cut out and then the two, the top, bottom, and the two sides. So I had everything mapped out exactly how much I had to cut them. And so I had this piece of paper and that's what I used partially in the parking lot. And then when I got home and like you're saying, I was doing this all before we started our podcast. And I was like, man, if I had like a half hour more, I think I would be able to finish this. Um, I was able to get um, two of the sides all put together. I just got to finish the box up. But I completely agree. Like having the plans and that little bit of um, designing and planning beforehand goes a long way. Man, it, cha- it changes everything. And, and yeah. um, it, it's really amazing. So so with that, uh, some of the things that, um, you know, I need to do, and, and you mentioned one of them, so I'll start with that, is tuning up the website. I mean, um, my website, I, I, I told Winston this a while ago. I really, really believe that um, a website for a small business should be your platform for everything. So you make money when people come to your website and you have full control over what you show that person and how, you know, what they kind of do next, right? So, um, you know, whatever your call to actions are, you have full control. So um, I've, I've built the website to that kind of extent where it goes to my YouTube page for videos, it goes to my, my Etsy shop. If, if you click on a video and you want that product, it's all kind of there, but it, I don't keep up to date with it as much at all because you know, once I finish a product to go back to work and then I'm on to the next product and I don't always remember to go back and do the blog post and it just becomes pretty complicated. So definitely want to go back up and, and tune up the website and catch up on all of those different posts. Um, I think I mentioned this last time, video editing. I, I'm in a big funk. I, I, I'm, I'm and, and in a funk only in the sense of video editing. I'm getting a lot of projects done compared to what I used to do. Um, work's burning me out. We got the new pup. Um, a lot of house products are getting done. But I have not sat down and actually done any video editing at all. And it's it's in the back of my head as this burning hole that gets bigger and bigger of I'm making more projects. I'm making more videos. My queue's getting larger and larger and it was huge already. So so it's that's that's one of those things that I gotta I don't actually know, I don't have a solution yet because I really do I'm getting burnt out by work because it's just constant computer for nine hours straight a day. And the last thing I want to do is be on my own computer after that to do any video editing. Even at nighttime, I'm burnt out. So haven't figured out a solution. Hopefully by the next time we're talking, I'm kind of back at it. Um, and and then I kind of want to take that and say, you know, even though those are things that I want to get done, I'm actually doing stuff I didn't think I would be doing if I was working at home every day. So I'm finding myself finding time to catch up on some of the things, um, you know, I miss doing like playing piano. So I, I've been trying to play piano two or three times a week, at least now. Um, and, and I can even play a little bit more, which is nice. And that it's kind of more relaxing. I've been going on more walks cause we got the pup and that gives me time for that free space to think about whatever I want to do in the next project. So yeah, that could be time for video editing, but, um, it's kind of what's kind of grounding me now and kind of bringing me back and kind of clearing my head because, you know, being at home and working 24 seven with every aspect at this point, is just, I know it'll burn me out if I don't take those breaks. So, so I'm surprised, at, but I'm actually happy that I'm focusing on taking more of the, the more personal, you know, breaks that I, I like to do. Um, I don't know if you guys have that type of experience where you're finding yourself doing something, you know, catching up on something you really miss doing that, you know, it doesn't have to be making because that's, you need your, your, 
your your escape and maybe making isn't your escape when you're always at home now i don't know i will say that um because like i'm also managing social media and stuff i tend to be in front of my computer a lot and i've been in a little bit of a funk recently because a lot of my projects have been dragging on for a long time the led light fixture video that i just released that's been going on since december the plans for that were drawn up in my notebook back in September. So that project has just been with me for so long and like flew home for like Christmas and New Year's and all of that just made me like make really slow project uh, progress on that project. And so I've just had like a hundred gigabytes of footage just like, like as an <laughs> anchor on my computer. And so little things like that, like it just, the more it sits there, like the the more you feel pressure to actually address it but at the same time you kind of like you want to move on to something else because it's you've thought about it for so long already you're just you're done with it um so uh i've recently tried to start like even if i'm at the computer i'll regiment my time like from nine to ten is like my time to like focus get some some editing for my own projects done and then at 10 o'clock i'm just like I'm not going to think about old projects. Let me have some create like creativity time in like Fusion 360. Let me work on something new um, and just step away from like trying to force myself to stare at the same thing over and over again. Uh, sometimes you need to just tell yourself, hey, it's okay to like to actually put that on the back burner to, to focus on something new because uh, otherwise it's going to eat away at your soul, but <laughs> you're also not going to make enough progress. It's going to make you less productive yeah. to keep staring at it and i'm happy you said that because uh, you know i've been brainstorming how to do it and i literally thought to myself well i'm burnt out by after work and that's what i'm doing that nine hours if i wake up in the morning and do an hour of video editing before i'm burnt out i'm still gonna be burnt out after work you know but at least i did an hour of video editing in the morning so so maybe that's the answer i'll give that a try i have to get up early i guess but <laughs> you know that, to, to to do a small business and make it successful uh, you got to do that so so i'll, I'll give that a try that, that's that's some pretty good advice set aside a little bit of time where you can tell yourself it's okay to like be off task to like like from 9 to nine thirty is my social media time whatever just carve out a little time where you're dedicated to work yeah. and carve out a little time where it's okay to just do whatever you want yeah i agree i mean because something I, I realized and i never would have thought this before is i guess when you go to work and you actually go to the location you, you you're uh, you're putting your 100% for that job at that location once i brought that home when i'm up here at this seat this is where i normally have my work computer that's what my mind is it's like okay let's get work done and when i go to the shop i can think shop time so i think another tip i need to do for myself is i've got uh, that american flag desk i built right behind me i might put my work computer there and just have a different station so that my mindset is just different right like that's 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 work that's that job that pays the bills and this is where i want to get my small business time done at at this station here I, I think that might help i think my mind is just you know completely focused when i'm in a certain area for a certain task so we'll, we'll see if that helps as well yeah i've read yeah. stuff like that because we've been sending things out to our kids of suggestions for organization or time management tips and that's one of them is to have a dedicated space for schoolwork and then, you know, at, when you're at that place, then you'll do schoolwork. When you move away from it, feel free to do whatever you want. 
and exactly what Winston was saying too, that you almost want to give yourself a task to be off task. Say, okay, from 9 to 9.30, that's when you can play video games, go on social media, um, or do something that's, you know, your mind can wander and it's not so focused on, oh my gosh, I need to do my math homework or, oh, I need to respond to, you know, my client's emails or anything like that. You can really just kind of do your own thing. Otherwise, things will start to eat away at you. You'll be, um, it's like grinding gears that eventually things will wear out. So you have to definitely find time to decompress. Um, but yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you guys about, and I'm not sure, Winston, if um, you have it like within the company, but George in particular, for video editing, is that something that you want to do? Or have you ever considered shopping that out to somebody on like a Fiverr or other freelance kind of website to help you um, at least start making those videos? And then once you find the time, you could... Um, go back to being the video editor for yourself. So I would think it's actually the opposite way around. So so it, it does cost, even though Fiverr, and I've reached out about this, you know, Fiverr will put all those lower costs in there. The second you send them, I've even told them, hey, I'll cut down all the crap out of my videos. I'll give you, I'll give you 20, I'll give you 10, I'll give you 10 minutes. I want you to make me an eight minute video, but I want it to look good with smooth transitions and everything. And instantly, the first reaction, oh, that's way out of what I normally do. Um, we're going to have to add $100 here. And it just, it gets it gets so blown out of proportion. Um, and everybody has their own reason for doing videos and YouTube. And I personally, I've always found it pretty um, intriguing and kind of fun to do the video making process. But like you said, I mean, I'm just being worn down. And it's definitely at the bottom of my priority list. That's why it's the last thing I do. Um, however... I want to make videos, one, because I really want to help others um, make stuff, and two, to advertise my business. So actually, that lady who um, ordered the giant dartboard, she actually commented and said, hey, um, I actually saw your YouTube video. Me and my husband were going to make this, and we realized we didn't have all the stuff, and, and then I went onto Etsy, and I found you, and I ordered it from you. I'm like, wow, that's a really cool story. I really appreciate, like, the way you told me. Like, that was, that was awesome. Like, I, I gave her, I actually have 10% off for, like, everybody as, as one of my, like, sales thing to get people buying right now. But um, so, so I, I still want YouTube videos. Um, it's not my number one thing by any means. I've actually been ramping up like crazy for Instagram, and I'm, I'm loving what's going on with Instagram right now. Um, but for me, you know, if I ever got to the stage where I'm like, you know, Bob Claggett or somebody, that'd be great, right? You ain't paid money to make videos and just do the project. That that's that's the ultimate dream. But but for right now, my my I make most of my profits still from selling stuff, and I'm happy with that because I am so proud when somebody sends me a picture of one of my items up in their house or it's on Instagram. Or they send me their great feedback with the picture. I that's like one of my favorite moments. You know, whatever pain I go through creating the project, getting to see my work in somebody else's house is is something I want to keep doing. So I don't want to stop that. So, so you know, long-winded answer for your question, but yeah, I want I want to keep doing the videos. Um, if it ever takes off, I'll, I'll I'll go more full steam into it. But I don't make the profit from the videos to pay for video making at this point. Right. And that's when people normally cross over. It's when 
they've got sponsors or to, to, to for every video they've got a sponsor and therefore a chunk of that profit goes to that video editor or that video uh, maker at that point um so so for me i just gotta tough it out and and you know jack of all trades but master of none type of thing for now i mean i i know my videos can be way better if somebody who actually knew what they're doing was doing it um but uh, i just gotta keep chunking along at this point um and and just I just got to do better at my time organization. That's one thing I know I kind of fall, uh, fall back in at least. Yeah. One suggestion with the whole video editing thing, I don't want to harp on it too much is if you have, um, say like a younger cousin or a family friend or say somebody maybe in high school that is interested in videography or something like that, you know, they're always looking for something to put on their resume or, um, to just do which they something that they find fun so if you can even do that you don't have to pay them nearly as much you can just give it to them as practice and then um you know you have almost like an intern for yourself and that gives them real world experience um along with you you know helping yourself out it's somewhat selfish but you are doing what you said of now you're helping others learn how to make things but you're also giving this kid or you know somebody um their skills like honing or finding their skill set or possibly a passion of theirs so i'm 100 percent on board with that and if anybody here is listening and you you guys <laughs> yeah. are looking for that experience please reach out to me i mean i i i i, I totally agree with you because i tell a bunch of my business friends the same thing like there are people in college or whatever and they they need that experience on their resume and um, you know, if, if this is something I can get somebody to help me out with and we help each other out, I'm, I'm a hundred percent for it. Haven't yeah. landed on that. You know, you know, any app developers out there, that'd be a great app to do. You know, people who are looking for resume building and need to connect with the small business, let's, let's do it. So, um, uh, Very good I point. agree completely. Yeah. Before you reach out to George, whoever this person is, um, <laughs> I'll give you a slice of pizza. So, um, <laughs> I'll buy <Yeah>. beer. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do you it. assuming they're 21 oh yeah your, right. uh, your child yeah, exploitation the... <laughs> is uh, you could be getting a high school kid oh that's too funny so I, I appreciate I, I think that's great advice I, I mean you, you guys these conversations are always fantastic because you guys give um, you know great advice and role in such different worlds that can help each other out so I mean we'll just keep chunking along I guess until you know, until the next time and, and hopefully we're all getting those tasks done that are on our yeah, list right. <laughs> yeah. we should make that a point that by the next time we you know record a podcast we have to have done something for shop organization since we all said that at least one thing you know whatever that is um but that should be something that we have to do i'm in let's do it yeah i'm 100 percent in we should commit to taking a before and after picture that we can post with the next episode done. That'll okay. keep us accountable. All right. We're on it, guys. That's 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 good. We should do this more often, though. Call ourselves accountable across the makers. That, that, <laughs> that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right, guys. Well, it's been fun talking to you. I guess we'll catch up in about two weeks. All right? Sounds yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. See you guys later. Have a good one, guys.